What's up? What's up, everybody? It's uh, day one wrap up of the Ryder Cup, and the Americans took a demanding first day lead. Six commanding, commanding, demanding, whatever. I got my boy Fry from Oklahoma, my Ryder Cup, my Ryder Cup insider. Uh, he nailed a lot of the uh, teams that we talked about. Um, he's going to be on the other line discussing. We're going to break it down. We're going to have a little fun. Fry, what'd you think, man? Day one in the books, what'd you think? Well, well, let's just lead into this by, you know, giving my official name, Ryder Cupstradamus, I believe is what I go. Ryder Cupstradamus. He nailed all the, he he really worked the pod system and he nailed a lot of the, a lot of the pairings. It was, it was, it's pretty cool to to see that uh, come to play for sure. Also pretty cool to see is uh, the Americans actually playing like we expect them to play. Oh, for sure. For sure. Showing a little fire, a little camaraderie. Uh, like I like the like what I saw a lot for sure. Yeah. And I'm, it, it was interesting because it was for both sessions, you know, normally, or I, I guess not normally, but in the past we've seen, you know, the Americans, for instance, like in 2018, jump out to a strong lead, but then the next session, they can't seem to keep that momentum going. And it was interesting. It was interesting today how, you know, the matches kind of were back and forth to begin with, but for both sessions, right around 10, 11, 12, 13, you know, maybe even before that was when we really took our commanding leads. Yes. Um, commanding leads in the matches that we won right which was the the impressive thing to me to see absolutely uh i mean uh i noticed one of the graphics they showed was you know like you said americans are typically we jump out to a big lead in the first session and i think it said over the past 38 rider cups or a past however many rider cups the uh, europeans were plus 22 in points in the second round on the first day, which is absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. So for us brutal. to that's brutal. I mean, that's hard to that's that's how they that's how they win these things. Isn't that the second phase of the first day? That's how they come back and they win these things. And we showed fire. We got down in some matches, brought it back, got halves. Um we took we 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 stole a half a point from John Rom, the best player in the world, who's playing like the best player in the world um absolutely it was it was good to see man it was good to see what's what was your probably your biggest takeaway uh your biggest takeaway from the day uh from from the play we saw today so for me um I guess for my biggest takeaway you kind of got to go back to the last 20 years um you know the the last 20 years of Ryder Cups we've only won three times and everybody always tries to figure out, well, what do the Europeans do that makes them so special? Or what do the Europeans do that, that make them so good in this team competition, regardless of the fact that the Americans always come in on paper as the favorite? Um, and it's, a, it, it's what you've hinted at already. It's the, you know, the fact that they, as a team, have always been able to let their guards down to each other 
um, and really mesh well as a team. You know, that, that right. seems like any one of their players can match up with any one of their other players and they just come out and dominate us. Right. And to me, it seemed like we were the team that did that today. I mean, it's whatever Stricker is putting in the water this week, it, it seems to be working. And the fact that this generation of American players, um, as the guard has kind of been passed on to them, it seems like they can actually mesh well together as a team, let their guards down and and kind of build off of each other. I mean, we've seen that periodically over the last 20 years, but never as much as what I saw today. For sure. For sure. You think they're tired of hearing it, man? I feel like I feel like this young group, like you said, I think they're just tired of hearing about hearing about it. I think they're tired of hearing well, that we can't win. Our average world ranking was like eight point five. I mean, we have on paper the best one of the best teams that we've ever had, uh, and they keep hearing about they have to keep hearing about uh, you know Americans don't care about the Ryder Cup or you guys. Uh, why can't we do what the Europeans do? I mean, it kind of seems like they might maybe kind of fed up with that with that kind of talk. I I think that's a little to do with it, and I I you know I was super super intrigued by an answer that Patrick Cantlay gave in his press conference leading into the matches, and they they basically asked him the same question, and he gave this crazy off the wall answer about. I can't even remember what the name of the card game that it is that you Jen. that you play. Gin. Yeah, Gin. <laughs> he said, I've read I've read books on Gin. Okay, first off, who's reading books on Gin? Like who oh. in their spare time, other than this humongous nerd, Patrick Cantley, is reading books on Gin. Of course Patrick but, Cantley reads books on Gin. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he gave this answer and said, you know a one or two percent difference in skill level over the course of like 10 games of gin can lead to you basically dominating your right the people that you're playing against um and basically said you know like when you go to a roulette table in vegas it's a fit it's a 50 50 game whether it's going to land on black or white but somehow it's always skewed towards the house Right. And, you know, it's but it's a coin flip. And it just seems like he said he takes a long term approach on thinking about these things. And if that's the case, then, you know, we're we're doing this coin flip on it. Will the Europeans win or will the Americans win? And it seems like it keeps landing on Europeans, Europeans, Europeans. And he said, you would think at some point that those things have to change back into your favor. Right. Um, all of that to say that he really doesn't have any idea what their, you know, what their correct answer is. But I kind of think that with this, you know, new wave of American players that they seem to have a little bit better of an understanding of how to mesh well together as a team. And, and that was 100% apparent and on display today. Um, And it just, it it seemed like there, you know, there really wasn't a whole lot that faced them. Absolutely. I'm with you a hundred. Other than John Rahm, of course. Yeah. John Rahm, he's just literally willing. 
He's literally carrying the European team. He's the only one that even seems to care. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be a – obviously, he's going to be a formidable opponent in the next three phases. So, uh, we got to stay on him and break his will. We need to break his will tomorrow morning and just make him not even care anymore. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's talk about some of the matches. Uh, obviously, we go out this morning and just absolutely dominate uh, three and three and one. Uh, and none of the wins were particularly that close. Um, Brooks and Brooks and Dan and uh, Kepka and Berger was only a two and one win, but really they had control of the match early and never really relinquished it. Uh, and I, I mean, they're they're both uh, all three of those teams this morning in alternate shot. Dustin Johnson and Colin Morikawa. That it, if in alternate shot, they it's they're not going to get beat. Brooks and uh, no. Daniel, they look like uh, they look like they are they're going to be really tough to beat. And then Cantlay and Shoffley, you can forget it. Not taking them down, not taking them down at all. It's not going to happen. And then uh, you know our only loss was uh, to Sergio and John Rom, which you know Sergio gets up for these things. He's a good uh, alternate shot guy. And then John Rom is just good at everything. So. Um, Anything big that stood out with you on the first phase uh, that you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, just just the first, you know, that first match, I feel like in singles, JT has got to be your first guy out there. I mean, he's the emotional leader. Yes. You expect to get a point out of him. But in the rest, of, like in the partner phases of – the uh of the matches i feel like he's got to be your anchor your fourth match i felt like it we kind of that that's really the only mistake that i felt that we made today was putting him out there first because i feel like he's the guy that feeds on hearing the roars of the crowd he's the guy that feeds on that you know hearing those those roars and it gets him going and you know he's then in the moment and you know, doing the crazy stuff. And I, I just feel like I, I wish we would have led with, you know, may, maybe having Xander and Cantley out, out first against Rom. Right. Um, but I mean, that, that, that was really the only mistake that I felt we made. Other than that, you know, aside from Berger trying to get the blocks on 16 and 17 at the end of his match, I felt like we really didn't make a whole lot of crucial mistakes in that first session is there a harder golf hole that you can imagine than 17 into the wind holy crap two for the short for the short hitters yes i I mean there there i don't think that there is a harder hole seeing you know i mean there's guy when you have guys like burger or a guy like tyrell hatton which he you know he hit a good he hit a good shot in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, but in that morning session, man, it was tough. And they only saw – I mean, I think they may have been the only team that saw it, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe uh, – no, maybe – yeah, I think – or maybe yeah. uh, two teams saw 17. So, it was – uh, yeah, the tough hole, 230, into the wind, played about 260, and you got the lake to the – or you got the lake to the left, and you got death all around. It was uh, – you saw Jordan Spieth, I believe that was a hole where he hit the 75-foot uh, 
moonshot to about three feet that morning and then uh, <laughs> almost fell down into the lake. That was pretty little dramatic. I I didn't see JT's tee shot, and I, I may – you know, seeing Jordan hit that second shot actually makes me glad I didn't see JT's tee shot. Well, you see, you know how close he was at the at the, that afternoon to missing it left. You know, he took a very aggressive line. It was a similar shot, only it just trickled off and it like kind of kind of hung right at the bottom of the uh, the face of that um, of that uh, like wall right there. And uh, everybody's seen the highlights. You'll see that highlight forever, even though it was a loss in the match. It was pretty pretty it was, intense. It was an impressive shot, though. Oh heck yeah! Incredibly impressive, incredibly impressive. So we, uh, like I said, we go three and one this morning. Uh, we switch up a few teams. I was kind of shocked they split up Cantlay and Xander, but it's kind of made sense uh, when they went to the different format. And uh, so, and we went two, uh, three and one again, uh, two wins and two halves, which is just uh, and one half we really stole. Uh, I feel like we had um, a half with with Justin Thomas and Patrick Cantlay where they were down as much as three with like, was it like six or seven holes left to play? Something like that. Yeah. And then uh, kind of went on a run. JT had an eat, made an eagle from uh, 280 out. He was up and down from like 280 on a par five, which is just nuts because he's like five foot nothing. And he can just rip <laughs> rope hook three woods forever. It's amazing. Um and then the last, and then to take a half, to take a half point away from uh, John Rahm, that's that's big any any way you cut it. Yes, and what I will say is coming off of the 2018 Ryder Cup, where Francesco Molinari and Fairway Jesus, yes, were Molly. undefeated. I mean, and and to um, to steal that point from. Fleetwood, I, I, I just can't stop calling him Fairway Jesus. It just, it's just too much fun. Yeah. Uh, but no, to steal that half point, I mean, that's basically the only, the first time that he's ever not won a group match in the Ryder Cup. I, I just think that's that was huge. For sure. Especially being th- three down on, you know, at one point on the back nine. It, I mean, that was just, it was an impressive thing to watch. Absolutely. JT get that JT and Cantley get that half point back and and basically kind of break the break the floodgates open on this first day. For sure. As equally impressive was Tyrell Hatton's shot on 18 uh yeah. to get to have. They were down one going into 18. The best they could do was as half. And I think it was like 205, maybe 209, something like that. He hits a five iron to like four feet. <laughs> Four or five yeah. feet, uh, and well, go ahead. And the t- the TV commentators were made. You know, they're making it out to be that 18th hole, stealing their half point back in that match was going to be the John Rom show. And then here you have Terrell Hatton. You know, it's stuffing a five iron in there from 205 into about four feet and making the making the putt for birdie. You know, he was kind of the unsung hero of that half point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so a lot of fun, a lot of fun, two things. We're going to uh, 
make one we're going to talk about a couple of different things from the rounds and then we're going to talk about the pairings for tomorrow so what would you say uh fry is your biggest surprise of the day what was your biggest surprise of the day uh so i my biggest surprise i have to say i think is the play of rory mcelroy i mean he's he's heralded as you know former number one in the world comes into the Ryder Cup. If you remember back to 2016, he was their first guy out on Sunday, and he was the guy that was, you know, supposed to be able to secure the point. He played so well um, in France and, you know, comes into this thing as one of their top players. And to go 0-2, and it wasn't even a close 0-2, no. I mean, he got he got drugged through the mud in Four both of three, his matches. Five and three. Yeah, I mean, it was just, so that was the biggest surprise of the day to me is just the the fact that he seems to be either out of form or just ran into two buzz saws. Right, right. Absolutely. That was my biggest surprise as well. And he just, like I said, he got beat four and three and five and three, absolutely stroked. Um, I was kind of surprised that DJ had never won two points on the same day in his Ryder Cup history. That was kind of shocking to me. That was kind of a big surprise to me. Uh, he came out yeah. and played, played great, and uh, he won two points. And I was surprised that that was the first time that uh, we'd ever won. He'd ever won two points on the same day. So I would say that was right. that was definitely my biggest surprise. Um, so moving on. Um, was there a shot that stood out to you? Uh, what was the shot of the of the day that that stood out to you? I bet you know what mine's going to be. <laughs> I I think I know what yours is going to be, and I think I think you don't know what mine is going to be. I don't. I don't um, know. So so we take the commanding lead in the morning, and the we go into the afternoon, and it seems like every match was all square for like the first six or seven holes. Like no, nobody's really jumping out to any sort of lead in the afternoon matches. Um, and in the second match, I said, I think it was the second, it was either the second or the third match. The the match that had uh, Tony Finau and Harris English going against McElroy, um, and the other i lowry going yes, against lowry. the irish it, um and the ma- the match was all square and it was on going into number 8 which is a long super super long par 4 um and all of the the Finau hits it on the green lowry hits it on the green and McElroy hit it on the green but like none of them are really close cuz they're all hitting their approach shots from, you know, right around 200 yards. I mean, it was like, it was, I think it was playing 496 into the wind and Harris English rookie first match ever hits an eight iron in there to, you know, few feet. Yes. And say, and takes, makes the birdie putt to take, to take the lead in that match. And then I think they won, he and Finau won like three of the next four holes to take 
to take a humongous lead in that match. So to me, that to me that was my favorite shot of the day, just because it it showed that you know Harris English has a little fight in him, and and sure. even even as a yeah, well, and as a rookie, you don't ex. You, I mean, not to say you don't expect that, but for him to rise to that occasion just kind of lets me know that, you know, he's here to play and he's he's not going to back down to anybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, everyone who knows my affinity for Bryson DeChambeau and uh, I think it's hole number, <laughs> it's, I think it's hole number seven, possibly six or seven. Uh, it's a par five. Par five. Think, what, what number is it? I think it's number six. Number six. It's it's a similar hole to number six at Bay Hill. Bay Hill from the end, right. from the from the um standpoint. Different angle. It's a different angle, but there there's a way that you can cut the corner if you hit a bomb. Otherwise, you kind of play your way around the water, so to speak. Uh, and and he hit a drive. He took a line that was just absolutely absurd. Hits a ball. Hits a bomb downwind, four hundred and seventeen yards dead sprinkler head <laughs> right in the middle 417 guys not 317 417 and has 75 yards in to a par five makes eagle uh it was it was incredible absolute absolute moon it, rocket it was and i i watched the uh the post round interview with with uh scotty scheffler and he said who was bryson's partner of course in that match right. And he he said that they practiced that a little bit. They had that that same wind, one of the practice rounds. I think he I want to say I think he said maybe it was Tuesday. Yeah. And when they got when they got up there today, he said bro, he said you could just see the excitement come over Bryson. Like he was he got the wind he wanted, and he was just like elated that he was going to be able to go for this drive. And then once Scheffler puts his drive out there, which he said the line that he put it on was like two, he said it was like 200 to 250 yards left of the line that Bryson took. So that gives you any idea of how much he actually cut off on that hole. There's a, there's an Instagram post with like the shot tracker and it's absolutely insane. <laughs> absolutely insane. So uh, let's talk about, they released that they just released the pairings for tomorrow. Let's talk about the pairings real quick, make some predictions, and then we'll just, uh, we'll go to bed and get up and do it all over again tomorrow. So uh, the first pairing starting off the morning, you're going to have uh, alternate shot again, and it's going to be Kepka and Berger, Berger and versus Garcia and Rom. So the Europeans are taking their first uh, team from yesterday or this morning and going right back out there. So Garcia and Rom, Kepka and Berger. Uh, what do you think about that matchup? Uh, I, it, I feel about this one the same as I feel felt about the first match of today. Yes. I feel like we kind of miss, I feel like we kind of missed an opportunity, maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it all hinges on how well Daniel Berger plays. Sure. Um, if he, if he plays well, I think this will be a close match. If he starts to have those right bleeding shots, like he did at the end of today's round, I feel like this match could go south for us in a hurry. For sure. Um, me personally, I probably would have put Dustin Johnson and Colin Morikawa out against that Garcia and Rom group. As I, I feel like the biggest thing for tomorrow is 
we need John Rahm to take an L at some point. Got to. Just to, Got to. Just to kind of play with his psyche. See, I mean, he's basically carrying that team. Yes, for sure. Um, and and I, I, feel like, I feel like we could have put a buzzsaw against him to make it a little harder for him. But, I mean, you never know. The, this is a, a deal where – you know, Garcia and, and Rom could play bad or, you know, Brooks and Daniel Berger could catch fire. So, yep. but the, the, this first match is really the only match that kind of worries me. The, re- the rest of the matches I feel really good about. Feel good, yep. So, match two, you got uh, – I agree, by the way. I agree. Uh, Johnson, uh, DJ, and Morikawa again versus Casey and Hatton. Uh, I feel like that's going to be a bloodletting. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Um, they're just well, going to keep the momentum going and take take them down again, or not again, but they're going to def- uh, DJ and Mark Al should easily win this match. I would think so. So if you look at Paul Casey, also took two L's today. Yes, if I recall, correctly. a lot of L's taken. Yes, and he was all, only overshadowed by the fact that there was a bigger name player that also took two L's today. Yeah. Um, whereas. Morikawa, I don't think, missed a shot the entire morning. And then DJ DJ seemed like he played the most steady golf of all the Americans throughout the day. So to me, I I mean, I guess the X factor in this match is Terrell Hatton. You know, he showed a little flair winning or or not winning, but helping Rahm and himself regain that half point at the end of the end of their match this afternoon. So he's probably the X factor of this match, but I don't know. I I don't see anybody beating uh, DJ and Colin Morikawa in alternate shot. Yep. Then you got Spieth and Thomas again uh, versus Hovland and Wiesberger. Uh, I didn't really see anything from Wiesberger today that really seemed very threatening. Um, but Spieth also did not play, you know, just – incredibly great either so that one to me could be a coin flip with Spieth and I mean with Thomas and Hovland kind of being the wild cards uh carrying that match um I'm just I, I'm hoping we can at least get you know maybe get a, a half out of that one for sure yeah I mean of all the matches tomorrow morning this one seems like the one that's the most evenly matched on both sides very evenly matched for sure and could, and could go either way, especially with Jordan not really playing his best golf, and really JT didn't play his best golf. Not this morning. In alternate. He didn't really so, play I mean, his this, best golf until later this afternoon. So right. last match, uh, Shoffley and Cantlay, and then uh, West Westwood and Fitzpatrick. Uh, I just don't see that team getting beat, man. I just do not see Cantlay and Shoffley getting beat all weekend. So I, I'm not sure if you've ever if you if you ever had the opportunity to watch or to see the movie Mean Girls. <laughs> but there's there's a line in the movie Mean Girls where one of the friends of the main character keeps using this word called fetch. Yeah, and we keep trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> yeah. And she, they, her friend tells her, why do you keep trying to make fetch happen? Fetch is not going to happen. And that's how I feel about this Westwood Fitzpatrick grouping. Like why, like we got drilled this morning and now they're putting them back out there tomorrow morning. 
Like, why does why Padraig keep trying to make this fetch group happen? It just that's, doesn't make any sense. That's a great line. That's a great line. So, hopefully, tomorrow we can keep the momentum going and uh, make it a stress-free day on Sunday. Um, we're going to try to jump on and do this again tomorrow night after after it's over, and we'll get the 12-man pairings uh, for Sunday. But we need a big day tomorrow, keep the momentum going, uh, you know, put the pedal down. Maybe we can uh, get two or three points in the morning, two or three points in the afternoon, make this smooth sailing. Uh, Friday, you got any um, – Got any last thoughts before we uh, we call it an evening and uh, get ready for this again tomorrow? I do. So I feel like at this point, being up by four points, all of the pressure, I mean, every ounce of the pressure at this point going into tomorrow morning is on the European squad. I mean, they, ha- they have to win at least one of the sessions, if not both the sessions tomorrow Otherwise, they're going to be in a world of hurt going into Sunday. Sure. So I, I really think we've set ourselves up nicely. And even if we, you know, even if we half all the matches tomorrow and it go, you know, it's four points our way and four points their way. I mean, then you're taking a 10-6 lead into Sunday. And I I think the only time that a 10-6 lead has been overcome in Ryder Cup history was the 99 matches. Right, at Brookline. Absolutely. You're right. Yep, the miracle at Brookline. The miracle at Brookline. Well, Fry, thanks for jumping on last minute. Uh, it was a fun day. We're hoping for a fun day tomorrow as well. Uh, you guys uh, watch watch out for us on social media. Send us any cool uh, videos, any cool shots that you that you thought that we missed talking about, uh, and we'll try to talk about them talk about them tomorrow so uh y'all catch us tomorrow night we're uh if it's not both of us it'll definitely be me maybe somebody else hopefully fry can jump back on again tomorrow and we'll break it down but uh we will catch y'all tomorrow thanks again fry the dbgp always stroking always thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.